All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and we are standing in the confessional corner for the month of January. And as I had stated back in December, we're taking a monthly look to talk about the historical background that is going on in and around Germany and Europe and other places around the world, because Luther's life and the Reformation does not happen in a vacuum. Luther lived from 1483 to 1546. There are many people from this period of history that may or may not have had direct communication or interaction with Luther, but we understand the era of the Reformation much better when we place these lives and events side by side. Very tongue-in-cheek, Luther's life overlaps with three of the four Ninja Turtles. Donatello lived from 1386 to 1466, dying 17 years before Luther's birth. Leonardo da Vinci lived from 1452 to 1519. Michelangelo lived from 1475 to 1564. And Raphael lived from 1483 to 1520. These great artists of the Renaissance help us to understand the times in which Luther lived and preached. Lorenzo de Medici lived from 1469 to 1492. He is considered one of the greatest of the House of Medici in Florence. He becomes important to understanding the time of the Reformation because his son Giovanni would be elected as Pope Leo X in 1513. He married his daughter to a son of Pope Innocent VIII to cement relations between Florence and Rome. Lorenzo's nephew, Giulio, would be elected Pope Clement VII in 1523. Now, these are both guys who are very prominent in the time of Luther. On November 6, 1494, Suleiman the Magnificent, the longest reigning sultan of the Ottoman Empire, was born. When Luther is speaking about the Turks in his writing, Suleiman is their sultan. He is the one leading the Muslim troops in their desire to conquer Europe. Many people believe that the most important historical event that catapulted the Reformation into a worldwide phenomenon was Johann Gutenberg's invention of the movable type printing press in 1436. The Gutenberg Bible was printed in 1455. The availability of a printing press around Wittenberg allowed for mass publication and distribution of Luther's 95 Theses. But this is not the only major thing going on to start up the Reformation. We go all the way back to 1415, the Council of Constance, where Jan Hus, the, one of the original ones who desired to bring the Bible into the vernacular, to bring it into the common language, is burned at the stake as a heretic. Joan of Arc ends the siege of Orleans to turn the tide of the Hundred Years' War in 1429. She is burned at the stake as a heretic on May 30th, 1431. Pope Nicholas V established the Vatican Library in 1451. Constantinople fell to the Ottoman Turks, and the last Roman Emperor, Constantine XI, died on May 29th, 1453. Two months later, on July 17th, the Battle of Castellon, the last battle, of the Hundred Years' War is fought. Around this time as well, the War of the Roses is fought in England between the houses of York and Lancaster, 
1455 to 1485. Moving back onto the continent, Ferdinand II and Isabella, the maternal grandparents of Holy Roman Emperor Charles V, were married on October 19, 1469, leading to the unification of Spain. And then we also have in Spain, the Tribunal of the Holy Office of the Inquisition in Spain, commonly known as the Spanish Inquisition, was established on November 1st, 1478. The Inquisition continued to exist until it was disbanded on July 15th, 1834. So 350-plus years of the Spanish Inquisition. Bartholomew Diaz becomes the first navigator to sail around the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa in 1488. And then four years later, Christopher Columbus launched from Spain on his first journey to the New World on August the 3rd, 1492, reaching San Salvador and the Bahamas on August 12th, or October 12th. This is all the things going on, historical events in the 15th century that lead us up to and Luther being you know, less than a decade old when Columbus leaves Spain. But let's look at it from the Lutheran context here. Let's focus it down into the Lutherans for a moment. Because we have many great allies of Luther, as well as opponents of Luther, being born in the 15th century. Frederick the Wise was born on January 17, 1463. He became the Elector of Saxony on August 26, 1486. He founded the University of Wittenberg in 1502. In 1519, Pope Leo X endorsed Frederick to be the next Holy Roman Emperor. However, Frederick endorsed King Charles I of Spain, the grandson of the former Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian I, to become the Holy Roman Emperor, and that election was successful. He was also Luther's protector after the Diet of Worms, but he doesn't last too long in the story because he dies on May 5th, 1525. Johann von Staupitz, Luther's father confessor in the monastery, was born in 1465. He was appointed the first dean of the University of Wittenberg in 1502. He became the vice, the vicar general of the Augustinian friars in Germany in 1503, resigning that post in 1520. In 1522, he became the abbot of St. Peter's Abbey in Salzburg until his death on December 28, 1524. Staupitz is the one that Luther credits with starting his mind towards the Reformation and pointing him to the cross of Christ for the forgiveness of his sins. John the Steadfast was born on June 30, 1468. He is Frederick the Wise's younger brother. He becomes Elector of Saxony on May 5th, 1525, after Frederick's death. He protested against both Diets Aspire, which we'll see in a couple of months. His steadfast Lutheran faith led him to become a leader in the Smalkaldic League, but again, he also precedes Lutheran death, dying on August 16th, 1532. Johannes Bugenhagen, called Dr. Pomeranius by Luther, was born on June 24, 1485 in Pomerania. Bugenhagen was elected as the pastor of St. Mary's Church in Wittenberg 
on October 25th, 1523, making him Luther's pastor and confessor after Staupitz leaves. He helped spread the Reformation throughout northern Germany and Scandinavia, writing church orders for many congregations and duchies. In 1539, he became superintendent of all Saxony. Bugenhagen lived, outlived Luther by 12 years, taking care of Luther's widow and family until his death on April 20th, 1558. William Tyndale, which you hear his name as we go through the Digging Deeper segments as the name of one of the commentary series that has been very big for 30, 40 years is named after him. He is best known for translating the Bible into English. He was born in 1494. About the time of Luther's translation into German, Tyndale was translating the Bible into English. He was the first to translate the Bible into English from the original languages. His translation was the first to use Jehovah as the divine name of God. His translation was used as the basis for the Great Bible and the Bishop's Bible. Tyndale fled England seeking Emperor Charles V's protection, but he was arrested in 1535 and convicted of heresy in 1536 for his translation. He was executed on October 6, 1536 by strangulation and then burned at the stake. But Tyndale's translation lives on as it was a major basis for the translation of the King James Version in 1611. Philip Melanchthon, Luther's right-hand man, was born on February 16, 1497. He came to Wittenberg in 1518. He published Loci Communis in 1521, which Luther commented on it, Next to Holy Scripture, there is no better book. He wrote the Augsburg Confession for the Diet of Augsburg in 1530 and wrote his Apology the following year. After Luther's death, he became the de facto head of the Lutheran Reformation. However, Melanchthon was very willing to compromise in most every theological debate. He changed Article 10 of the Augsburg Confession on the Lord's Supper to be more in line with Calvin and Zwingli. He also tried to compromise with Emperor Charles V throughout the interim process. And Melanchthon died on April 19, 1560. And now we get to the last and greatest of Luther's allies. Katharina von Bora Luther. She was born on January 29, 1499. Her family was among the Saxon lesser nobility, and yet at the age of five, her father sent her to the Benedictine Monastery in Brenna. At the age of nine, she was sent to the Nemtian Abbey near Grema. She escaped from the convent on Holy Saturday, April 4, 1523, and married Luther two years later on June 13, 1525. After Luther's death, she had a rough life, finally dying on December 20th, 1552 in Torgau, where she is buried, while Luther is buried in Wittenberg. So not even in death could they be together. All right, those are the great allies of Luther throughout his life and ministry. We have a few opponents that we need to look at and that we have talked about throughout the confessional corners before, and we will talk about again throughout this series. Uh, the oldest of them being Erasmus, one of Luther's greatest humanist opponents. He was born on October 28, 1466 in Rotterdam. 
He is one of the first to publish an annotated edition of the New Testament in Greek and Latin. His book on free will prompted Luther's book on the bondage of the will. He died on July 12, 1536. Ulrich Zwingli, the original leader of the Reformed movement in Europe, was born on January 1, 1484. He was elected priest of Zurich in 1519, where he began to preach against Roman Catholic practices such as fasting and Lent. In 1529, war nearly broke out between the Reformed cantons and the Catholic cantons of Switzerland. Two years later, that war could not be averted. The Catholic cantons attacked, and Zwingli was killed in battle on October 11, 1531. Calvin will take on the responsibilities after that. But we don't have Calvin just yet. John Eck, Luther's opponent at the Heidelberg Disputation, was born on November 13, 1485. He is often hailed as the pioneer of the Counter-Reformation with his continuous disputes with Luther and the Wittenberg Reformers. Among his many writings, he is probably most well-known to Lutherans for his 404 articles for the Imperial Diet at Augsburg, which ascribed every heresy being taught in Europe to Luther. Eck died on February 10, 1543. And then finally, we reach 1500, the end of the 15th century. Holy Roman Emperor Charles V was born on February 24th, 1500. The grandson of Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian I. Being a member of the Habsburg family, Charles held many titles. He succeeded his father, Philip I, as the Lord of the Netherlands and Duke of Burgundy on September 25th, 1506. He succeeded his maternal grandfather, Ferdinand I, as King of Spain on March 14, 1516. He succeeded his paternal grandfather, Maximilian I, upon his death as Archduke of Austria on January 12, 1519, and he was elected Holy Roman Emperor, also succeeding Maximilian on June 28th of the same year. He retired as Holy Roman Emperor on August 27, 1556, and returned to Spain to live in the monastery of Eusta until he died on September 21, 1558. We have a great number of years that Charles V and whichever Pope is going on at the time butting up against the Lutherans, and we will see that as we go through here, so I only have a short biographical sketch of all of these guys as we will talk more about them in the coming months. But here we have what is the foundation for Reformation? What is going on in the world and among people at the time, around the time of Luther's birth and his ministry in Germany? So I hope this has been a informative time as we look at the historical background, and that you continue to enjoy these monthly spots as we go through the history of the now starting 16th century next month to look at all the great things that happened around the Reformation and dive a little deeper into the meanings of each of them. Until next month, this is Pastor Doug Minton, thanking you for standing in the confessional corner with me, learning a little bit more of the history of things as we continue to strengthen ourselves to wrestle with the theologies around us, just as Luther wrestled with the theologies around him in Germany in the 16th century. Amen.